The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Know the difference. Now, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. Hello and welcome. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Glad to have you here. Let's start out right away. How do you get a hold of us? You head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. You click that Get Started button. What we do is investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. As a fee-only fiduciary, in the next hour, we're going to talk about how we think and how we work, and hopefully be a good example if you're curious about that. Maybe you're looking for a partner. Maybe you're looking for a second set of eyes. Got a lot of great examples on the show today. I'm Danny Clayton. Derek Felsky is our chief investment officer. Welcome. Thank you, Danny. Dave Spano, our president and CEO. Welcome to you. Thanks, Danny. You know, we had a really nice rally closing out on Friday, up more than 200 points. That was a nice turnaround to end the week, and that gave us a nice ending to the week, Derek. Right. The Dow actually finished flat on the week. A lot of volatility during the middle of the week. The S&P and NASDAQ down half a percent. Uh, but, you know, that follows on a very strong week the week before after that that bullish CPI number that came out. So, you know, again, we're all waiting on the Fed. We're watching inflation. We're watching the economy. And there are lots of different headwinds and tailwinds. It's really a complicated atmosphere right now. It really is. And one of the things that really jumped out at me was the interest rates on both the two-year Treasury, 4.5%, and the 10-year Treasury, 3.8%. That delta almost 70 basis points is something that we haven't seen in a long time. Well, it's the sharpest inversion of the yield curve, and by that I mean higher interest rates on the short end, lower interest rates on the long end that either of us have ever seen in our careers. I mean, a 70 basis point inversion, and historically when that three-month and 10-year inversion goes negative, it has a perfect record of predicting recessions. But then at the same time, Goldman Sachs, fully aware of this, comes out on Friday and says they think the U.S. is going to avoid a recession. So the U.S. does continue to benefit from the strong dollar, which has kept inflation at bay here. And the relative oasis of our economy from a perspective of being somewhat independent on oil production and the rest. So we have a lot of advantages and a lot of things to be thankful for. So let me go and try to clean a lot of that stuff up. So, of course, we have the inversion of the yield curve. And every time we've seen that at that degree, and we have saw it in 2020, 2009 and 2001, and all of those had recessions in those years. But you pointed out something very important, and that is what's happening with oil. WTI crude around $80 a barrel, and that's, that is really counterintuitive to what we are thinking. Right. I mean, we talked a lot about underinvestment in the energy patch. We know that the U.S. has been supplying reserves from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which has had put, put some downward pressure on energy. But we also know that China isn't fully reopened, and we know that drilling has gone way down. I did a slide presentation earlier this week, and you see that the number of wells that are drilled but not completed is way down, which is what future supply becomes. So there is a stickiness, I believe, personally, to the price of oil, which is one of the reasons why we like the energy sector tactically, particularly given the the nice dividends attached to many of those companies. And as we go into the holiday week, Thanksgiving 
coming up, people like to get into a better mood. But of course, there's also the time that it gets colder. And when you start to get colder around the country, especially in the northern part of the United States, you start to see natural gas prices going up. So you talked about China, you talked about natural gas prices. And one thing that's still out there, Derek, is Russia is continuing to sell more oil, but they're kind of doing it through the back door. Right. I mean, in many cases, for example, India is buying that Russian oil at a discount, and then they're they're basically selling what they don't need to other countries. So, you know, in some ways they're arbitraging it. So the Russian economy hasn't been uh, shackled as much as I think the uh, alliance would like in terms of the, the sanctions that have occurred. But there were some rays of hope even over there. You know, the Zelensky talked a little bit about negotiating. Putin did as well. They pulled out of the, the province that they had taken. So there is some, some, pos- some green shoots. Yeah, right. some green shoots over there, which obviously would be welcome. You know, one point last week we thought we were at the risk of a third right. world war, right? When those missiles went into Poland, but it turns out those were Ukrainian defense missiles. So there's lots of stuff to talk about, lots of geopolitical risk, but balanced portfolio is the way to go. And there's no question about that. And folks, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about politics in leading up to it, but we now know for sure that we're going to have a gridlock. And of course, the markets do like that. So Derek talks about both negative headwinds and positive tailwinds. And both of those really mean to go through those portfolios. And are you positioned correctly if we do get a soft landing or if we don't? In 2023, you need to recession-proof your portfolio, and that means going through asset class holdings and making sure it aligns with your full financial plan. That means tax planning, estate planning, and your retirement plan, Danny. And Dave, that's a process that takes a lot of expertise, and we've got a lot of expertise. It all starts when we look your stuff over, we see where the overlap is, we make the suggestions, and then we move forward. Our financial planning team, very good. You've heard our investment committee as well and our tax team, and our estate team. Put those folks to work and put them to work as a fee-only fiduciary. The website is AnnexWealth.com. All you got to do is click that Get Started button. Quick reminder, the Week in Review is available on demand this weekend. You can get it at the Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel. You can get it in the Axiom, which is our weekly newsletter that's delivered Sunday mornings, or you can get it at Spotify at the top of the hour. AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, Sunday, November 20th. We're going to be right back, 92.5 Fox News. Someone asks how you are. Most of the time, it's good. So how's your money, your investments, your retirement plans? Given everything going on, good might not be the answer. It's time for Annex Wealth Management. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Annex will build a plan that addresses your financial, retirement, tax, and estate planning. Annex Wealth Management can change the conversation. We don't want you to answer good. We want you to feel the confidence of saying great. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Annex Wealth We're back. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. It starts when you head to AnnexWealth.com. Put the power of the Annex Wealth Management team to work as a fee-only fiduciary. Derek Felsky, our chief investment officer in the studio. Dave Spano is president and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks, Danny. You know, uh, Derek, you did a nice presentation earlier this week with Tom Parks, our 401k 
expert in. It was really nice to go through that process. One of the things that you pointed out was the GDP report, which was really interesting. And we saw an Atlanta Fed GDP report that showed 4% Q4 growth, and that is really different than most economists. Right. Most economists actually are looking for negative growth in the fourth quarter. And that Atlanta Fed number does move around quite a bit. You know, the, the recent strength we saw in retail sales, I think that was the reason for that forecast. But subsequent to that, we've seen some other forecasts. We've seen some weak housing starts numbers. Uh, we've seen jobless claims, though, remain stubbornly uh, low, if you will, which is you know a sign that the labor market continues to be strong. And then, you know, as part of that presentation, you know, one of the things was, you know, in, the, in light of all this, the election now being settled, uh, where the economy is, what we're looking for in 2023, you do this work and you, and you just look around and you say, my goodness gracious, small cap stocks are really cheap relative to large cap stocks. And that's true of mid caps as well. And then you dig a little deeper and you find that small cap stocks tend to do better coming out of a weak economic period than large caps. And they're also, you know, more attractively valued and they've already had significant downward earnings revision. So perhaps a lot of news has already been baked in and you get a more reasonable multiple. So what I would suggest to people, if you take one thing away from this show, you probably are under allocated to small caps. Perhaps you could find a, a mutual fund or an ETF that makes some sense going forward, but do the do your due diligence. And that's, of course, if you're doing this on your own, we go through this portfolios and we make sure that it is aligned with your risk tolerances and, of course, your goals. And that is a significant difference versus just running out and throwing that into your portfolio without it tying into your overall allocation. So you think about that and say, you know, talk about small cap exposure, you talk about mid cap exposure, and of course you talk about what the earnings expectations are, and you touched on that just slightly about what the expectation is for large cap stocks. And the S&P 500's earnings seem like they have to come down from where they are. They certainly do, particularly from the largest components of that index. We talk oftentimes at ETFs. You have to look at how they're constructed. The S&P's market cap weighted. So Apple is the biggest weighting at almost 7%. Microsoft right behind it. They are terrific companies, but they're not as as inexpensive as any number of other companies are. And of course, you have to balance the, the valuation with what the business prospects are. The other thing is those companies have a lot of exposure overseas. We know Europe's having problems with higher oil prices. That's not going to be good for demand for iPods. It's just not, or iPhones. So, you know, you have to balance what's going on overseas with the currency, with the valuations and the rest. Uh, But there are opportunities, and we do believe that with the dollar at these levels, at some point, European stocks will look attractive. They certainly are cheap. And you talk about European stocks, and, you know, of course, we just mentioned the S&P 500, which closed at the doorstep of 4,000. And, of course, you'll remember it's the year started that the S&P 500 was around 4,800. So it is certainly down. However, that doesn't mean that there's not more downside risk that we can see right now. And that is the reason why we're pounding the table and talking to you about the inverted yield curve and the potential recession. Are you set up? And that is the risk-reward parameters that we often talk about. And the other thing you won't hear from many people is that while we do talk about Santa Claus rallies, historically, when you enter the fourth quarter in bear market territory, that Santa Claus rally uh, is not quite as exuberant as it is in other years. So there is some coal in the stocking. So you want you don't want to be chasing these rallies into year-end trying to make it up. A lot of portfolio managers will probably do that. You'll probably see some massive short squeezes, but 
between now and year end because there are a lot of stocks that are down more than 80% from their highs. But at the end of the day, you don't want to really fight the Fed until you see the whites of their eyes. And so let's, let's end on that because that is really the biggest thing is everyone has been a Fed watcher for more than a year right now and they are nearing the end of their cycle. Is it December at a 50 basis point? What do they do beyond that? And you know, some economists are saying another 25 basis points in early 23, maybe or maybe not. But that means that at least the cycle is coming to a slow. And that is because inflation is slowing. We're starting to see housing demand start to come down. We're starting to see peak inflation in lots of areas. And that really means, folks, that this is the time to go through it. Make sure that you understand what you own why you own it, and how much you're paying for it. Dave, you mentioned earlier people doing it themselves. If you're doing it yourself, are you covering that investment angle? Are you covering the retirement planning part of it? Are you covering the tax planning? Are you covering the estate planning? Are you doing it to the best of your abilities? How about a professional team helping you? We would love to do it. Head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. This is the time Annex Wealth Management is ready. You know, we often say know the difference, but still to come, hear the difference segment. Great story from one of our clients about his search for the right partner for investment and retirement planning. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Have you been waiting on the sidelines for the right moment, the right headline, or the right insight to get serious about your financial plan? At Annex Wealth Management, we've learned that, unfortunately, there are no sidelines in financial planning. Doing nothing may shield you from immediate pain, but it could delay or deny your long-term retirement goals. As a fee-only fiduciary, our in-house team will work with you to create one comprehensive plan that focuses on you. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. AnnexWealth.com. This is a team segment. Deanne Phillips is here. She's Director of Client Learning and Development at Annex Wealth Management, CFP, a CDFA, Wealth Manager at Annex. Welcome back. Thanks for having me, Danny. All right. We're going to talk about passion assets. So there's stocks, bonds, annuities, and a bunch of other investment vehicles. What makes something a passion asset? Right. So what you were referring to before is titled property, like real estate investments, you know, even really cars. So we're talking about your furniture, the dishes, sporting equipment, musical instruments, collection of toys, even photos, even pets are considered passion assets. Because emotion is attached to them? Yeah, I think so. There are stories around those things. There are things that do not pass by beneficiary designation. And so that's really kind of a key point here. Is the goal when we're talking about passion assets, the eventual distribution being a joyful exercise? Because <laughs> I think it's something that people can get in fights. For sure. So let me ask you this. Have you ever moved? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Does anyone really like moving? I mean, it's all about your stuff. And I always hear as a planner when people are looking to right size in retirement, they'll say, oh my gosh, I have to start with this basement because I've just been collecting all this stuff and I have to sort it out between the stuff that I want to keep, the stuff that's junk, the stuff I can donate, and the stuff other people might want. And so if they're already categorizing stuff other people might want and the stuff they want to keep, other than just the utilitarian things that they need, they're really talking about that stuff that they're connected to. And usually there's a story there. The question comes in, do your kids or other people really want that stuff or do we think they'll want it? And this is something that you want to do while you're still alive? I definitely, we want to do this while we're still alive. I mean, I'm looking at my 15-year-old kid, you know, she, I, I have certain collections. She could care less about all this 
people's collections. And for the most part, I think there was a magazine article that came out a couple of years ago. Your kids don't want your old stuff, right? And that's very, very true. However, one of the exceptions could be where there's been a ritual that's been created around it. Like, for example, I know every Christmas, my daughter loves, because she's grown up with us, to sit with me and we put up the tree and we take out all the ornaments and there are stories behind certain ornaments. And that means a lot to her. That's actually a passion asset with a multi-generational connection that she will want to continue. A lot of times we make the assumption that if something is really important to us, a thing, it'll be important to people who are important to us. That's not necessarily the case. I mean, the number one item that people, the next generations really just don't want is books. If you think about the evolution of the hardback book and even textbooks now into electronic, you know, and people, even people who love the feel and the smell of books like me, right, will still use a Kindle because it's convenient. So there's a big difference between somebody's 1965 Corvette Stingray, and then a collection of thimbles from around the world. Is that where the troubles start? Well, somewhat, because there's a valuation on that 65 Chevy, right? And so this is why it's important that you understand what actually has a value of your passion assets and what has that emotional value, because they're very different. So kind of as a rule of thumb, if it's something that you would do a writer on an insurance for, then there's some value and there's been some research done on that, right? And probably there might be somebody out there who wants it, whether you're going to sell it or whether they're going to inherit it. A little different with a thimble collection, right? There might be one or two that are pretty cool, but for the most part, that's a hobby on an asset that was just cool for you as a hunter and gatherer to find. Let's talk about the sad case where somebody has passed and you have to go through somebody's house. What is the best method to divide those passion assets? I mean, I've heard of even people going through, it's almost like a draft where people kind of go through and put stickers on things. Yeah, stickers. Uh, the thing about that is, though, like, you know, you can itemize things in a will and say who gets what. The sticker method is not official. So the executor of the estate can go through and discount it if they want. I mean, I, you'd hope that you pick an executor who follows your wishes, but you have to be really careful on all that stuff. Oh, tell me the Civil War story. I love that one. Okay, so um, in going through my parents' stuff, I found family letters from the Civil War and I have my grandpa's on both sides uniforms from World War One. This is really cool stuff. So this is definitely a passion asset, something I would want to keep. There also is, besides sentimental value, there could be some sort of sellable value on that. But more importantly, I was thinking, you know, um, who couldn't get enjoyment out of this? Would the Civil War Museum want this? That way it's not just me keeping it, you know, in a dust-free environment to pull out if you come to my house to see it. But it, this way it's sharing it. And everybody has that kind of stuff if they've kept stuff through the years that could kind of go to the public for a greater good. So that's a way to donate and maybe share a passion asset as well. Deanne Phillips, our Director of Client Learning and Development, Annex Wealth Management, joining us. Thank you. Used to be a retirement plan was working 40 years. Get the gold watch, walk out the door to see what was next, if anything. That was then, this is now. We're in an age of retirement redefined, and retirement could last a long time. At Annex Wealth Management, we get it. That's why our investment, retirement, tax, and estate teams are ready to create a comprehensive plan to help deliver the retirement you desire. It's time to know the difference. Work with a fee-only fiduciary. Retirement redefined. AnnexWealth.com. 
Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, joined by Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services, Annex Wealth Management. Hello, Tom. Hey, Danny. Well, I'm starting this segment with an apology, my friend. You and I were discussing the Retirement Plan Services Department at Annex Wealth Management, and I guess the number of clients you and the team handle at a far lower number than you and the team handle. Sorry, buddy. Hey, Danny, I saw that as a total compliment because that means we're obviously uh, doing a lot of good work with the resources that we have. So I thought that was a compliment. Well, you do a lot more than I thought. And that makes sense because Retirement Plan Services is a department. It's well-staffed. And that's how you provide the client service that you do. It is. And we don't forget, you know, we take advantage of the core team. We're supported by the investment committee. The marketing group, your team, uh, does a lot for us. And obviously the financial planning department as well. So we are core group does a lot of good work, but we are also supported by everybody else. So I was thinking it might be helpful to kind of paint the picture as to the types of companies that we provide services for, because it's a wide range. And maybe there's a company owner, a CFO, an HR professional, a small business leader listening that's going to hear a company like theirs and decide that Annex Wealth Management's retirement plan services would be a great tool in attracting and retaining talent. I hear that's the hot thing right now. Yeah. Well, let's do it. Let's get into it. You told me we've got a client that's a startup. And that's fantastic. Like a business in a garage kind of a startup. So here's where you start getting into the vernacular that we use in the 401k business. Uh, What I was referring to is actually not where the company is a startup, but the 401k plan itself is a startup. So there are cases where someone's starting up a company and then coincidentally with that, they get a 401k going. But what happens a lot of times is companies been around for a little while, they're starting to grow, they're hiring some more employees, and they say, now we want to start bringing in some benefits. Let's start up a 401k plan. And we have a number of clients with whom we've helped out on that end. Very nice. So how do we approach them? Somebody that's adding it in. Yeah, this is where you'll see as we go through the progression of this, it is different because the clients are different. So usually in that case, they don't have a lot of experience with a 401k. So the role that I play is very educational and handholding of these are the things you're going to expect. Here's how it's going to work from an administrative functional standpoint. We're really holding hands a lot. It's interesting. Some of those smaller startup plans, actually, they require more work on our part because there's so much education and exploration on behalf of the client. So it's a really, it's a fun and fulfilling experience, really. It's a clean sheet of paper. I mean, you're going zero to 60. That's the other thing that's really fun about it is we don't need to start by fixing anything. We can start from scratch and get it going right away in in a good way. Next jump up is, say, let's say a medium-sized company, right? With the Annex Wealth Management Retirement Plan Services world, what constitutes a medium-sized company? This is, again, where when we talk about 401k plans, a lot of times people focus on the assets in the plan. And for us, that is really immaterial. We look at how many employees do you have and how spread out are they? Do Are you at 10 different locations or just two different locations or something like that? And so a medium-sized employer for us is in that 50 employees to 150 employees range, I would say, because the way that we interact with that kind of spectrum is is reasonably consistent across our client base. That's a good amount of employees to be taken care of, though. It is. Oh, yeah, it is indeed. You know, they're all obviously important to, to work with, but we've got some bigger ones as well. Okay. Uh, with more employees, I imagine the breadth of services we provide is maybe a little wider? You know, it's less the the services themselves and more the manner in which we deliver them. So if there are multiple locations, that creates opportunities and maybe some challenges there as well. But also the types of employees are very important. Some people are really good with technology. Other employee bases are less so. We offer both in-person and online 
engagement and varying levels with employees. And so what we find is certain employers, we're doing a lot more on-site stuff. And then other employers say, hey, we really like the virtual interaction. And so, and then others, it's a combination of the two. Then I'm thinking of maybe even like a manufacturing company, right? You've got executive level, you've got management level, and Mm -hmm. then you've got the people out in the shop. Yeah. So even within companies, really good point, Danny, our engagement approach varies. We really do try to tailor it to the employee, him or herself. With Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services, Annex Wealth Management, where we work with companies at the startup level. And today I learned that it actually wasn't somebody in a garage. It's just somebody who's never had a plan before. Medium-sized companies and large companies as well. Without naming names, can you describe large companies that we work with and how we do that with them? What's different with these clients is you're talking, you know, 150 and above and up to over a thousand or more employees. So usually those employers have more robust benefits departments. Those are going to be the clients who tend to have investment committees, whereas some of the smaller ones do not. And so, and there's a level of sophistication there. Not that they're more sophisticated people. It's just they have a lot more experience having had a bigger plan and, you know, the things that come up. So our engagement on the employee side doesn't change as much. It does on scale, but our interaction with the employer, the fiduciaries in that case, is usually a little bit different just because their level of experience is different. I want to underline this, big or small, our goal is the same. It's a high level of service. Absolutely. And in the end, the employees are the priority. Yet there are different ways to arrive at that, but that's what we really pride ourselves on. So if this conversation has piqued anybody's interest, if you need to build up a retirement plan services or maybe get a second look at what you got now, what's the best way to get a hold of you, Tom? Best way to contact us is check out our website, AnnexWealth.com. You're going to find a page for the 401k team and you'll see how to get a hold of us. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning, retirement plan services. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Start a button. Start the wealth metric process. Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services. And Headlines, texts, Thank you. emails, Thank you, Danny. the TV, the computer, the phone, even your smartwatch. Seems like it never ends. Market volatility can lead to anxiety and planning paralysis. No surprise Americans report being stressed about their investment and retirement plans. Turn down the media roar. Dial up the planning. Put Annex Wealth Management on your side for investment and retirement guidance that includes tax and estate planning. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, and that's the goal of this segment. Another opportunity to meet a real-life client of Annex Wealth Management who we work with for investment, retirement, estate, and tax planning. Let's say hello to Tom. Hey, Tom. Hi, Danny. At the top, some quick questions. You are a client of Annex Wealth Management. Yes, I am. Annex is not providing any type of compensation for your time for this segment. Correct. And there are no conflicts of interest between you as a client and Annex as a firm. No, none that I know. There you go. Well, we like transparency. You've been a client for three years now. Before that, you were an active do-it-yourselfer when it came to investment and retirement-related decisions. You did all the research, all the analysis. You were probably pretty good at it. I thought I was doing okay at it. And actually, Danny, if you remember, I was a client of another company before it came to Annex. So I've been a client of someone's for a little over five years. But probably since the 80s, I really pretty much managed my own portfolio and I did all my investment decisions and did all the legwork. But as I became closer and closer to retirement, there's way too much to know and to do. So I turned it over to somebody. But Anna and I have been together for three plus years now. Do you remember about when it was that you thought, you know what, I might 
might need a pro on my side? It would have been five years ago, and I was getting closer. I, I knew I was going to be retiring. The numbers were getting closer. I had been meeting my goals. My kids were going into college. Things were happening, and it's like there's too many moving parts to really understand. I'm pretty good with some of them, but this is your future you're talking about, and you're going to like cut the lifeline of a paycheck and go and live off of your savings and the things that are, are there with you. So so that's when it was time to time to get some real help. You were within the 10-yard line and heading for the goal line. Yep. Didn't need so, to fumble. So that was not a quick search. You investigated a number of name brands, some local, some nationally based. When you were looking for a partner, what were you looking for? What do you remember? The big thing was is that when you're taking all of your life savings and it's somebody that you're going to trust, somebody that's easy to do business with, I like the local factor as you know, we talked about it. When you're just talking to a person on the phone whom you may never, never meet, it's just not that same comfort level because it's, it's your money. And so I was looking for that, looking for some track record, basically somebody you trust. You did all that research, and when it came down to deciding, ta-da, Annex was not your first choice. <laughs> not my first choice. To give Annex credit, it wasn't that they weren't my first choice. At that time, Annex was growing so much that I just had concerns that they, in a back office sense, would be able to, to keep up. There was expansion going on. It was growth. It was explosive growth with their business. And having been in a company that does grow and does mergers and acquisitions and does other things and have seen things go wrong, I was just a little concerned that the back office could keep up with the front office side of it. So it wasn't necessarily that they were my, my second choice. I had reservations, and because it was my money and I was conservative, I, I went with basically what was my second choice. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? We're chatting with Tom, a client of Annex Wealth Management. So you broke our heart. You're with somebody else. What were the signs that maybe you needed to think of a, a different partner? What it was is I, I was always kind of keeping an eye on Annex because they said at that point Annex was my choice. My client rep, Mark, was persistent. He didn't let go. kind of just checked in every once in a while. We had some conversations and things. And, and then it really was coming back to, all right, it seems like you've been able to grow. You've opened all these offices, um, nothing on social media, nothing in the news. And there's no bad press, so you, it looks like you're able to pull it off. And so we started going back, and we took a look at it again. But th then it was like the, all right, what are you getting for your money? Because they obviously don't do it for free. But with the comprehensive tax planning and estate planning added in, which I kind of got a little bit of, but not to the same formality. There weren't subject matter experts with the other company that you met with. That and actually a lower fee says, boy, I think it's time to move and give them a chance. How long have you been retired now? Three years. Anything surprise you with retirement? I was kind of ready for it, but I think um, what surprised me is how easy I moved into it. Probably the hardest part is managing your budget and, and spending your money as opposed to making money and spending the money you make. It's a whole different mindset because now you're, you're living off of everything. But when you look at it, and the money is still growing and you're living off of it and things are going okay. You look to be a fairly young guy. Did you retire early? Yes, I did. Good for you. Did you get to the point where you're bored or you've been finding things? I'm not bored. I do odd jobs. I volunteer. I vacation. Anything you would have changed in the approach to the way you approach retirement or retirement planning? I would have gone earlier. A lot of people, they just don't feel, even though the financial person tells them they're ready to go, maybe I could have gone probably a year or two years earlier and, and maybe I should have. Tom is a client of Annex Wealth Management. Wasn't always that way. Chose a different company. Decided that Annex fit the needs a little bit more closely. Tom, we're glad to have you as a client. Hope we can be part of a great retirement for many, many years. Thanks for coming in. No, thank you very much, Danny. Somebody asks, you good? Good seems to be our common response socially. How's work? How was the trip? How's the family? They're good. 
For the most part, it's our standard response without saying much at all. So how's your money? How are your investments? How are your retirement plans? Given the markets, inflation, and a looming recession, it might be hard to even answer. Good. It's time to get an honest assessment of where you are and where you're headed. It's time for Annex Wealth Management. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. From there, we work to learn what's important to you. Annex will build a plan that addresses your financial, retirement, tax, and estate planning. The fee-only fiduciary team at Annex Wealth Management can change the conversation. We don't want you to answer good. We want you to feel the confidence of saying, great. One team, one plan, one fee. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Robert Chastain, Branch Director and Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management in Southwest Florida. Hey, Robert. Hi, Danny. 54% of Americans have either stopped saving retirement or have cut back on saving because of inflation, according to a survey that came out in September. Yet some Americans are not only staying committed to their savings goals in an uncertain economy, they are exceeding them. They're called super savers. They're folks that set aside 15% or more of their salary in retirement accounts, or they make 90% of the maximum retirement contributions. We're going to talk about what we can learn from them. Maybe you are one of them. Uh, Robert, before we get too far down the road, am I right in assuming that saving is really what feeds investing? It's the fuel for the fire? Well, it is. It's it's the base of it. And the sooner you can start it, the sooner you can meet all of your goals. If you don't get started, you're never going to get there. Yeah. And that brings us to our first point, which is it is never too late, but start as soon as you can. Absolutely. I And I know I pretty much just said this. The sooner you start, and even if it's painful, try and put away as much as you can. Get in those 401k plans, a Roth IRA, any vehicle that you can park money in at a young age, the sooner the better. I talk about my dad a lot, but he's the guy that really kind of got me on this path. He always said, pay yourself first. The next step that super savers really are good at is they focus on the long game which is a great point and you have to thank your dad for that Danny but because here is really is something that I'm going going to say focus on but think long term because if you're 30 right now or if you're 35 you have 25 30 years before retirement and that's a long time so these up and down years and you know like we have a higher inflation this year just keep chopping away keep or, or as they say on the football field keep pounding the rock because <laughs> sooner yeah. or later the, the rock breaks spoken like a true guy on an officiating crew next up yes. is set ambitious goals yeah uh, danny how many goals have you met that you never set zero right so you have to set goals you have to measure yourself and grade yourself against the goals and review three four times a year how close are we to our goals and then adjust we're with robert chastain branch director and wealth manager at annex wealth management in southwest florida the traits of super savers because super savers can fuel investments Uh, next one is is to automate your savings you know this is a a great trait if your savings is automatically deposited in your brokerage account your savings account hopefully not your checking account then it's automatically done you don't even see it going away and here's one other thing if you ever get raises 
if you can not spend that and add that to your savings, it's a great way to compound and raise your level of saving every year. Amen. I hear that all the time, and it's such a great idea. The traits of super savers, they find multiple ways to save. And again, saving doesn't sound as alluring as investing, but again, saving fuels investing, but multiple ways to save to invest. Is that correct? For for sure. And, and so here's one thing that we do in our, in our family. My as most people know, I, I ref football, basketball, and soccer. I mean, it's not a lot of money, but all of those fees that I get, we use that as our entertainment budget, and that's it. So if we want more entertainment, then Robert's got to go out and blow his whistle a little more. And, you know, that's just the way it goes. Right. Well, I do commercial voiceovers from time to time, and I call that walking around money. Yeah, it's a side hustle thing, right? Little, and, yep, yep. Yeah, but it's uh, yeah, it, and if you have things out there that you can do and bring in a little extra money, and then maybe you can add that to your entertainment budget, and you can have a little bit more fun. Right. Key point is, is you need the fuel to stoke the fire of investing so you can put a great retirement plan and you can have the retirement that you desire. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. Folks, that's what we do as a fee-only fiduciary. We want you to know the difference because it is substantial. Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. You can start the wealth metric process. There is absolutely no obligation. We invite you to kick our tires. Robert Chastain, Branch Director and Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management, Southwest Florida. As always, good stuff. Thank you. Thank you, Danny. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Quick break. We're going to be right back on 92.5 Fox News. How will tax increases in the Inflation Reduction Act affect your investment and retirement goals? It's time to reevaluate your plan. The Annex Wealth Management team has reviewed the new law and is ready to give your plan an independent review. No products to push on you, just serious planning. The in-house Annex team creates comprehensive plans that play out hundreds of possible scenarios, including sky-high inflation, lifestyle changes, and additional taxes. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. It's another team segment at Annex Wealth Management. Eric Strom, financial planning specialist at Annex. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. And Dean Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Good to see you. And good to see you, Danny. We're going to talk about annuities, which can tend to confound and confuse many people, even though they can be useful in properly constructed retirement portfolios. So, Eric, let's start at the beginning. What exactly is an annuity? The original purpose of an annuity has been to provide a guaranteed income for your whole life. Annuities go back as far back as the Roman times. Back then, the more prosperous Romans would often buy what was called an annua. You would hand over a pot of money, and then once a year, you would receive a guaranteed income for as long as as you live. But today, things are pretty different. Uh, the concept of an annuity is really adapted to modern uh, needs, and there are now investment vehicles that are incredibly complicated, some of them very expensive, that have guarantees, and things are a little different today, but it's a pretty interesting uh, landscape out there. It sounds good, right? So, Deanne, where do annuities pick up their, shall we say, checkered reputation? Well, here's the deal. They are an insurance product. That means there are commissions generated from them, from the sale of these products, and those commissions can actually be quite 
quite hefty. They're very confusing. They're layered. And a lot of times people just don't understand the reason behind having the annuity to begin with. What's that old saying? Annuities aren't bought, they're sold. That's exactly it. It's true that consumers aren't going out there looking for annuities. They're going out there looking for professional financial advice, and they're often presented with annuities. And these can often be very, very complicated vehicles. And that's what we're here to help with. And they don't help their reputation, their own reputation, because they can be really complex. There are variable annuities that can come with a lot of different bells and whistles. For example, if someone buys one annuity in 2010, and then you buy the same exact product in 2011, it might be a completely different product. Uh, They change over time. They have lots of optional features. Oftentimes, we see clients who have an annuity they bought seven or eight years ago. Uh, Maybe they don't have a a relationship with the person who sold it to them, and the annuities in set it and forget it mode, and that's where they really need that expert advice. Deanne, we do have plenty of clients. They come to us with annuities in their portfolios, brand new clients, and do you find that our clients understand what it is that they've got? They're familiar with the word annuity, and sometimes that can go back to their 403B or their 401K, so their company plan, where when they retire, they can be offered either a lump sum, so they can take that money they've been contributing out, or the company can annuitize it or offer them an income stream. So they're familiar a little bit with, oh yeah, I think I have this option in my retirement plan, but they're often frustrated because if they've gone to a traditional brokerage relationship outside of their retirement very often they are sold these, and sometimes they're sold them when the market goes crazy, and the the advisor may hear them being a little concerned about the market, so they say, well, I'll tell you what, this can lock in a potential guarantee income stream for you. I mean, we've had clients that have come to us, this one came to us, she, the same broker had sold her five different annuities over a handful of years, and the thing is, this was a woman who already was bringing in more income than she spent, so it created a tax problem, actually. This is where she came to me, and she's like, oh my gosh, I, I I don't know why I have these. I don't know if there's anything I could do with them. Do I have to turn them all on? And the thing is, some of them had those, as Eric said, bells and whistles. Those are extra writers. And I think this is also confusing and frustrating to our clients. When you hear the word writer, you should actually think ching ching, because that's actually, you've spent money usually to purchase that writer. Maybe it's worth it. Maybe it's not. And that's where analysis comes into play. And that's really important. But the first question really you have to ask is, wait, why do I need these? And what do they do for me in my plan? Eric, we're looking at you and the financial planning team. So you've started an effort to help people with annuity analysis. What kind of things are you discovering? You can imagine we've seen a lot. So here are a few things that we've found. Number one, uh, your annuity might be much more expensive than you realize. Uh, although I'll throw in the caveat that expensive is not always bad. On the surface, it seems like if my investment is expensive, that doesn't seem like a good thing. But oftentimes, a very, very expensive variable annuity, for example, might have really good guarantees that, that you depend on. We may recommend that you keep the annuity for those. But in many cases, folks might not need those guarantees, And in which case we very frequently meet clients who are paying three, three and a half percent or more in annual fees for benefits that they don't even really need. So it's very important that uh, if your annuity is expensive, that you know how it's working and make sure that you actually need that benefit. Another thing we often see are annuities that have very limited investment options, and those investment options are oftentimes super expensive. So you might have a variable annuity that has 15 investment options, and they're going to limit you on how much you can invest in equities, and those investment options, you kind of look under the hood at how much they cost, and you go, wow, this annuity is already pretty expensive, and you add this cost on top of it. When we start looking under the hood at these annuities, you really can find um, some of these details that you got to make sure you understand them. 
So that annuity analysis, that's good stuff. Eric Strom, financial planning specialist at Annex, part of the financial planning team at Annex, and a great source of annuity knowledge. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much for having me. And Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, CFP and CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks to you as well. Hey, thanks for having me. Have you been waiting on the sidelines for the right moment, the right headline, or the right insight to get serious about your financial plan? At Annex Wealth Management, we've learned that, unfortunately, there are no sidelines in financial planning. Doing nothing may shield you from immediate pain, but it could delay or deny your long-term retirement goals. As a fee-only fiduciary, our in-house team will work with you to create one comprehensive plan that focuses on you. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference. Making sure your beneficiaries are properly designated. Really important. Jill Martin is our estate planning attorney at Annex. She heads our estate planning team, and she joins us to talk about this. Hello, Jill. Hi, Danny. We hear about this often. Not keeping beneficiaries current can be a costly mistake. How many times have you seen the story about where somebody's like ex-wife wound up with money? Too many. Too many. Too many. Let's do a segment about that sometime. So (laughs) we're going to cover a fictitious couple that illustrates why this can be complicated and why paying attention is so important. And we're also going to define some terms. So it's a story problem. This isn't the train leaving westbound at 20 miles an hour and the other. Not quite, but we could definitely turn it into that if we wanted to. You have a hypothetical situation. I do. So what we've got is we've got Doug and Sarah, who they are on their second marriage. They both have children from a prior marriage. But none together, right? None together. Okay, and that's where where this is important. Uh, Well, and that would be our hypothetical with the train. Let's get it it really complicated. So I didn't want to go too complicated to start. But so Doug has a daughter, Mary. And Sarah has twin sons, Brad and Chad. Perfect. Okay. So we're just talking about the IRAs here and and to not overly complicate it. But Doug has a $500,000 IRA. He's named Sarah as his spouse. His wife. His wife. All right. As the primary beneficiary. Okay. And then he's got his daughter, Mary, as the contingent beneficiary. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Okay. Sarah also has an IRA, about 200000 She names Doug, her husband, as the primary beneficiary. And then Brad and Chad are the contingent beneficiaries. Okay. Okay. So, so far, we're pretty clean. Right. So, let's talk about exactly what that is. Right. So, a primary beneficiary is the named person or people that if they are alive when you die, they will take control of that account and that asset so that it's theirs to do with as they see fit. Pretty simple. Sure. A contingent or an alternate beneficiary or a secondary beneficiary, depending on the type of account, that person or people are only going to take if all of the primary beneficiaries have died before you did. Okay. So is that a stopgap sort of? Because if if your primary changes, or say like they died, you would need to put in new primaries, right? Yeah, it's basically so you don't have to put in a new primary beneficiary because that happens a lot where you name a primary, that person has died, so then it's the contingents that take. But what people get really confused about, especially in second marriage situations, is, is what that contingent does not do. It doesn't mean that in Doug's situation, it doesn't mean that Sarah gets that IRA while she's alive, and then when Sarah passes, it doesn't go to Mary. Mm. And people get a little confused by that. They just kind of assume that Doug's IRA is ultimately going to end up with Mary because she's the contingent. The reality is what happens is 
Sarah gets the beneficiary. She's the beneficiary. She gets that IRA. It's her account to do with as she sees fit. So she can turn around and put her own beneficiaries on that. So in a case where Doug would die first, his IRA goes to his wife, Sarah. Correct. Okay. And then what she normally would do is she would either combine that with her existing IRA or open a new account, but she has full control over that account to do with as she sees fit. So guess what? If she gets remarried for a third time, she can name her now third husband on that as the beneficiary if she wants to. So what happens is Mary is never really going to get that IRA unless Sarah specifically names her as one of the beneficiaries. So instead, it would probably go to Sarah's children, which would be Brad and Chad, not to Mary. Is that being disinherited? It is a little bit, right? That, that's the word you always see in the movie. I'm writing you out of the will. Yeah, you're, and, you're disinherited. So right. she's out, right? She, she is, right? Unless unless Doug has provided for her in some other capacity as part of his estate plan, as it relates to this particular account that we're talking about, because Sarah was alive when Doug passed away, that's Sarah's account's Mary will never get anything from that. We're talking about making sure beneficiaries are properly designated. So um, this is a hypothetical. Doug and Sarah, their second marriage, they both have adult children. Doug has one daughter. Sarah has two sons. So if Sarah dies first, her IRA goes to Doug, the husband. He could combine it with that IRA, and he's got full control as well to name new beneficiaries. Correct. Or what he could do is, is he combines it with his existing IRA, and if he doesn't update the beneficiaries, what happens is his daughter Mary is the contingent beneficiary. So as long as she's alive when he passes, now that full 700000 becomes hers. So now Brad and Chad have been disinherited from oh, Sarah's oh, IRA. Okay, so okay. That, that can get bumpy then. Okay, in the case where they would die simultaneously. So dying simultaneously is the one time where both sets of children would inherit here, okay? And simultaneously can mean multiple different things depending on what the estate plan says. Might be within a five-day period, it could be within a 60-day period depending on the terms. But basically what happens is both Doug and Sarah are treated as being predeceased to each other, which means there is no primary beneficiary on either one of their accounts that's living, which means then it passes to their contingent beneficiaries. So Doug's IRA goes to Mary and Sarah's IRA goes to Brad and Chad. Mm. So that's mm -hmm. the one situation where the alternate or contingent beneficiaries would take See, and those are solid because those are clear lines. It might not be, quote, fair, right? And that's where the human part of the estate plan comes in? It, it is. And and we use the, the second marriage situation here is, is that's where things get a little muddier, right? If it's a first marriage and Doug leaves everything to Sarah and Sarah leaves everything to their three kids from their, from their marriage, that's not as much of an issue because there isn't a disinheritance there. It's with these second marriages and blended families that we see a lot of unintended consequences because people don't fully understand the contingent beneficiary situation. And these are things you review when you're doing estate plans. Absolutely. That is a critical piece. So doing the estate plan and the documents is really important, but then making sure that your beneficiary designations align with what your true intent is to make sure that plan follows through with, with what you want to have happen. Amen to that. Jill Martin, heading up our estate planning team. Thank you. Good stuff. You're welcome. Used to be a retirement plan was working 40 years. Got the gold watch, walk out the door to see what was next, if anything. That was then, this is now. 
We're in an age of retirement redefined, and retirement could last a long time. At Annex Wealth Management, we get it. That's why our investment, retirement, tax, and estate teams are ready to create a comprehensive plan to help deliver the retirement you desire. It's time to know the difference. Work with a fee-only fiduciary. Retirement redefined. AnnexWealth.com. We are back. And a quick reminder, this show is going to be available on Spotify at the top of the hour. If you came in late and in, uh, you want to catch up on it or if you liked it and you want to hear it again because there's chock full of great information. Again, that's on Spotify at the top of the hour. I'm Danny Clayton, now joined in the studio by Brandon Lehman, CFP and Director of Branch Development at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome. Danny. Dave Spano still here. He is a President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. Thanks, Danny. Yo, Brandon, you and I were talking uh, earlier this week about all of the work that that we do on the financial planning side. And, you know, people have lots of choices. They can either manage it themselves, they can hire a brokerage firm or a bank, but there's truly is a difference between hiring a fee-only fiduciary and all of the work that we do. You and I were talking about a client earlier this week who you really did a ton of financial planning work with. Yeah, I mean, when you look at and you break it down, there's so much behind the scenes that is done by the team here from, you know, first and foremost, the financial plan. We, we start to put that together. We have those conversations, but behind the scenes, there's the conversations with the financial planning team. What do you see? Where are the opportunities? How do we dive deep down into this? Where can we make changes? What can they potentially do? Then it leads over to, I think, one of the ones that is maybe discussed a lot on the radio, but might be underappreciated is all the tax planning that goes into it. What are we doing? Where are you going? You've said it, Dave, for years. You know what you own. Well, that's really important on the tax side. How does it impact? What is it doing? So we'll take we'll take a look at that. We'll say this is what it means to you, but then if you marry it back to the plan. So what are you doing in your plan? How does that marry to your tax plan? All of that time, all of that work is behind the scenes. Now, right. for you as a client, you might seem like, oh, they worked on it. Well, there was quite a few individuals on that tax team, on that estate planning team, on that financial planning team that came together and put those minds together because of the great knowledge that we have here and the great team where we can sit down and put it all together. And it seems real simple, but behind the scenes, there's a lot of work, a lot of effort to make sure that your plan works and you can achieve the goals you've laid out. In this particular client that we're talking mm-hmm. about, you brought in the team members and these are folks are JDs, lawyers. Uh, they are CPAs, they're CFPs, they're CFAs. And then all that client gets access to all of that. They were This particular person was talking to another advisor and they said, we're going to do some tax planning. So this client went and talked to that person who was a tax planner. You want to know what their definition of tax plan was? Throw it into an annuity, right? Because it's tax deferral. That is a far difference from what we're talking about. And that actually creates a whole other situation further down the road from taxes. You have to think about it, not just now and today, but you have to start forecasting forward as best you can, right? You you don't for sure know, but you start saying... What does this mean one year, two years, three years, And did you take capital gains and turn them into income? And that's a lot of times people don't think about. Can you explain that? Yeah. So capital gains all of a sudden are coming out. And and how is it coming out? Is it efficient? Is it inefficient? Has it been turned into an annuity and now it's- it's not taxed it's at a better rate. ordinary income, right? Yeah. It, that ordinary income makes a big difference. I mean, folks, tax rates are going to go up. And we know for sure, at least in 2025, based on the current laws, that it's going to sunset and go back to what it was in 2017. But things have to change from a tax standpoint. And if you're creating more taxable income in the future by utilizing something that is tax inefficient, 
that will have a drag on your plan. It's called a tax drag is what we refer to. And that tax drag could seriously impact over the long term. And the other friction, let me just jump in, not only is there a tax drag, but the other friction that is out there are the costs and fees associated with that. So there are two pieces of friction that are created when people do that. And just one more thing before we end, because we're running out of time, is you talk to a particular client and they were comparing uh, uh, one advisor to another advisor. And there was 100 basis points, in other words, 1% difference between the two accounts. And you did a really nice job of explaining the difference. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it, it one, it's, is it apples to apples? Do you even own the same thing? Do you own something that is prepared for potentially in what looks like a recession on the horizon? Or are you just getting that extra alpha because you took more risk but then on the flip side, when things turn south, how is that going to impact it? How is it being actively managed? Is it looked at from a top-down and a bottom-up approach? And explaining that, reviewing that, it's all about the plan. How does it tie in? And are you prepared for not just right now and how you did the last nine months, but going forward, are you ready for that? And that's what you have the investment team for and the the investment committee for. Thank you. That was excellent, my friend. Very nice. Brandon Lehman, Director of Branch Development, CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Appreciate it. Danny. Dave Spano, President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Appreciate that. Thank you. You bet. Enjoy the weekend. Folks, if you're working with somebody other than Annex, have they been through what we're going through right now? This is not a time for inexperience. It's not a time to let somebody do on-the-job training with your future during their first time in a downturn. It is time for comprehensive planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Take the next step. Head to the website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Now's the time. Annex is ready. See you back here next Sunday, noon, Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.